This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to break down everything that there is to know about week 16 of the National Football League. We have reached... Uh, the final three weeks of the season, um, you're probably in, in the middle of your playoff picture right now in the fantasy football world. I wouldn't know much about that right now. I think I'm in like one playoff and I don't know how many weeks. This was a, I did have a light light year again this year, which is something that I really uh, take pride in because I'm not in too many leagues. But um, we're going to dive into some fantasy football, Thursday night football games of the week, some best bets, and we'll end it with the movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? You know, I'm doing uh, okay. Yesterday was the first official day of winter. It was uh, 52 during the day. In the evening, it was in the 40s. And then this Arctic front came and bitch slapped us, and this morning it was uh, minus 6. Yeah, it's uh, – it, it, in Tennessee, it, we don't always get that type of weather here. But uh, last night it was in the 50s. You know what I mean? Which is whatever. I mean, it's the 50s. But as we dip into tonight's weather around midnight, it's supposed to be around 13 degrees. And then tomorrow we are uh, at a high of 13 degrees and a low seven. And um, it's apparently going to be feel like negative 15 to 20 degrees tomorrow, which is sounds like a whole lot of fun. They set this front like uh, broke a record when it hit Cheyenne, Wyoming. It was 43 degrees, and in 30 minutes, it dropped to three degrees. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, it was pretty fast. Denver bottomed out at the airport at minus 24, so it's the it's worse the further north you go. I was trying to make myself feel better yesterday, so I looked at like Fargo's weather, and I thought, you know, one day. Fortunately, here because of the cold front and everything, it's only supposed to be one real day of kind of negatives like this tomorrow morning will be cold, but then it's supposed to get back up into the teens and then overnight Friday into Saturday, it's supposed to warm up Christmas Eve is supposed to be 47 Christmas day, 53. And by Tuesday, we're supposed to be 60 degrees. So it is winter. I guess you, you just accept it. Yeah. It's crazy because I've never like, obviously the weather dip is something that you pay attention to obviously whenever you have your highs and lows, but it was crazy to see the weather today is a high of 51 and a low of one. Like yeah. that's where that's, 
it's kind of crazy to see, but uh, that was us yesterday. It was yeah. projected high fifty three, low negative six. Yeah, it's it's wild to see the number. Like you're used to seeing, you know, maybe twenty degree difference, right? From night to night, or from morning to night, which is fine. You know, your typical, especially during this time of the year, forties during the day, twenties at night, even thirties, tens, but fifty and one. That's a that's a wide range of things. Um, but I'm sure you're not here to listen to us complain about the weather, but we're going to do it anyway. But, might uh, be. I mean, the entire country is getting this. Or yeah, it's exactly. not the West Coast, but yeah, you might be part of the country right that now. the news cares about is getting this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with that being said, we've got a little bit of news and notes to tackle for you guys. All right, some quarterback news heading into the weekend. There's a lot of different quarterback news going into this weekend. Obviously, we have the potential of Jalen Hurts not playing this weekend. That could be. Oh, a- he's out. He's been ruled out. All right. Well, Jalen Hurts is not playing this weekend, which officially uh, hinders so many people in the fantasy yeah. playoff circles because I'm sure Hurts, especially like last week, he had what three rushing touchdowns last week? I think it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was tough this morning. Uh, Sirianni finally came out and said Gardner Minshew starting on. So you have Minshew in, right? Ryan Tannehill, uh, possibly done for the year, at least out for this week, which is whatever. Yeah. I mean, you I don't know if you're starting him regardless, but this might be one of those weeks you start him because it's the Texans. But, you know, maybe he was going to be a fallback plan. He's not going to be there. Malik Willis is going to get the nod there. And then, of course, Matt Ryan got the hooky um, and, and is off the team, off the off the starting job again. After for some reason it's his fault they blew a thirty to nothing lead or thirty three to nothing lead or whatever at halftime, and uh, they're going to throw Nick Foles. Which Nick Foles? I mean, I'm sure you're preparing for the future with Nick Foles at quarterback because you know he's going to be the future quarterback. I don't understand these type of things, but Nick Foles over Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill done for the year, um, Jalen Hurts out this week. And to be honest with you, if Jalen Hurts misses a couple weeks, they need to at least one. They need to win one football game over the last three weeks to clinch the division. But you do have a couple of teams on the hunt for that one seed that can really, you know, that one seed is very important for Philadelphia. I personally feel because A, you get that week of rest. B, you get the home field advantage, which is very important for them considering they are an outdoor team. Minnesota, Dallas, those indoor teams going into these cold weather uh, atmospheres aren't going to be as great. So I'm, I'm definitely... Um, I'm definitely intrigued by some of this playoff or some of these uh, quarterback situations. What do you think, Fox? Yeah, I don't know what to expect from Minshew. It's not a great matchup with Dallas. Dallas has spent a few weeks trash-talking Jalen Hurts. I I don't know if they're relieved or happy that they don't have to see him, but I would expect Dallas to have a good one here. The Giants are in that last two games. You're right, the Eagles need to win one to lock up basically – home field and and to lock up even the nfc east is not technically locked up hopefully jalen hurts only misses a week but if if i'm philadelphia and i have a super bowl caliber team i'm also not trying to throw him back out there you know they have a good enough team that they should be able to win one of these last three games without having to risk the health and safety of Jalen Hurts. And even if he comes back from a fantasy perspective, I think I'd be a little bit nervous because I would wager that they are going to tell him that you're not the runner you were 
early in the season that we have a good enough team that we should be able to win without you. I'm looking up their schedule right now. Yeah, Dallas, it's, it's New Giants. Orleans. Yeah, New, York, New Orleans and the Giants. So they probably – this one I, I would chalk up as a loss. I'm picking Dallas. I thought Dallas had a chance to win even if Hurts played because – everything going on, but they're at home against both New Orleans and the Giants, and I think they can win one of those games. Even if Hurts comes back, I think they're they're playing it's safe with him. They have a good running back in Miles Sanders. They have a couple other running backs that they can lean on to run. They have some good passing assets. I actually like Dallas Goddard this week. We'll get into that more later um, with Gardner Minshew. I think you know we saw last week Jacksonville was able to throw it a little bit. Dallas needs to figure their crap out on defense because they really let Houston hang around, and then they let Jacksonville kind of rail them at the end of the game they had a 27 to 10 lead i know a lot of people want to complain that dak threw uh, the interception that got returned for a touchdown on a tip ball to end that game but the offense had put them in a position where you would think that they would have won with the way they had been playing defense so i wouldn't completely write off gardner Minshew. they still have a lot of weapons there aj brown devonta smith they're getting goddard back they have miles sanders they have a good core and they also have a pretty good defense i think they can beat a team like New Orleans or even the Giants, the way the Giants are playing with Gardner Minshew. On the other side, I, the Colts' change of quarterback means nothing to me. I think we're riding out three weeks until Jeff Saturday is back working for ESPN. I don't think that experiment has worked very well. The Titans are an inter- interesting one. This should be a winnable game. I think Malik Willis played for them when they played in Houston, too. If I recall, he started that game. Houston has a, an abysmal rush defense. I think this is a huge Derrick Henry game. Willis will probably run. But the question then becomes – They have a tougher game in week 17 if Tannehill can't come back, and then they have a matchup with Jacksonville. And that could very well decide the playoffs, and I don't really like the way the whole Titans team is playing, and I don't really like their chances of winning against playoff contenders with Malik Willis. I think it's very possible that we see an 8-9 Titans team that gets clipped by an 8-9 Jacksonville Jaguars team. I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago that the Titans had to go one and two, the Jaguars had to go two and one, and they would be on the up and up with week 18 being played for the division. Well, and it's all it's all kind of breaking your way. I don't like Jacksonville as much this week, but then they have the Texans, which I think they get a win. So to end the season, you know, I think Malik Willis has a chance that they get the win here at home against Houston because Houston's not very good. But then they're against Dallas. I I don't see Malik Willis beating Dallas. And then you have Jacksonville. Meanwhile, the the Jags have Houston next week and then go to Tennessee. And I think you're right that week 18 – I mean, who would have thought this at the beginning of the season, but I would wager that Sunday night football game in week 18 is Tennessee and Jacksonville. Loser goes home. Yeah, and the thing about it is is – is the Texans have played scrappy the last few weeks. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're a good football team, but this is a different football team, in my opinion, that played against against the Titans in week, um, I think it's week six, I think it was. I mean, yeah. Yeah, week six. Um, that game was a 17-10 to 10 game. Malik Willis went six of 10 for 55 yards and in an interception. Derrick Henry had 32 carries for 219 yards. I do agree that this is going to be a Derrick Henry game, but – I will say this, it would not surprise me to see Houston win this football game just based on the way they've played the last two weeks. They played Dallas really tough, and they played Kansas City. They should have probably beat Kansas City, if we're being honest. 
but they're just not that team, right? They're not that team. So if you look back at it, man, Jacksonville is is really kicking themselves in the tail for some of these losses that they had early in the season that they should have won these games. The game against the first game against Houston comes to mind. The game against um, the game against the Broncos comes to mind. Um, there's a several games this year that I felt like they should have won. Uh, they gave up 10 points to the Giants in the fourth quarter. Like there's several games where they should be a little bit better. But I will say this: I love what Doug Peterson's doing down there in Jacksonville. And this team, if the Titans, if the Titans should know anything, even if they get in the playoffs this year, the Jaguars are going to be even better next year. And I think that they need to understand that they're if they're to stay ahead of the pack or stay within the pack or don't get lost, they're going to have to make some moves. And you know, I I don't know what that looks like in the future for the quarterback situation, but uh, I've tried telling y'all for I don't know how many years now that Ryan Tannehill is never going to be that guy. So with that being said, we're speaking of the Jaguars, let's dive right into Thursday Night Football. We have a hot team versus a kind of cold team right now with the New York Jets taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Last week, Zach Wilson didn't play as bad as everybody tried to insinuate that he does. He does have some bonehead mistakes. But I will say this, he did have his team in position to potentially win that football game. And um, I felt like personally, felt like personally, that you can't on fourth and one, you can't give up a 51 yard touchdown pass to your opposing team. But uh, it, it was perfectly cooked up. Um, I do think that personally, I feel like the defense was to blame on this side of the thing. Wilson did make some bonehead mistakes, but he made some very good throws. But uh, they're reeling off, they had three straight losses. And they are on the majorly outside looking in the playoff hunt with Jacksonville coming to town, winning two straight six and eight. Obviously, we talked about what is at stake for them. This is a huge game for both teams, period. End of story. Both both teams need to win to stay within contention of the playoffs. That said, Jacksonville six and eight. They are two games back of Miami in that from that eight seed. But, um, you know, obviously they're more focused on winning that AFC South right now. Good matchup tonight. Zach Wilson's going to start again tonight as Mike White's not healthy. Um, Jaguars defense has been a little bit suspect, so it's it's not to, to be said that they can't uh, go out here and and um, and lose this football game. But um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by tonight's matchup. What do you think, Fox? Yeah. So I think this is going to come down to you know last week we thought Dallas's defense would be a little too much for a young Jaguars team that hasn't exactly gotten itself all going. Dallas's defense didn't hold up. Um, we have not seen the same kind of cracks in New York's defense. They they were really solid last week. Um, you know, twenty points from the Lions. Seven of those came on a punt return, and one of them come, came, and seven of them came on a broken play. So they did a pretty good job of bottling up what is a very explosive Detroit offense. I actually like the Detroit offense in total better than I like Jacksonville's offense. Going on the road, it's a short week. Uh, you know, I think there's also big questions about Jacksonville's defense. And we saw Zach Wilson had a season-high 317 yards passing last week. He's got weapons in Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, uh, C.J. Uzama for reasons that surpass understanding. Uh, they didn't get a lot out of their running game. They need to get a little more out of that. But I think the Jets are a very hungry team, and I think they're probably a little bit of a better team right now. Um, 
overall they don't have as clear a path to the playoffs in my opinion, but I think they might be a little better team. I think they will get a narrow victory tonight, but you know, they're only favored by one and a half points. That seems about right. I think this is a field goal or less game. Yeah, I agree with that. It's going to be a close ball game. It's going to be interesting. It might even come down to whoever has the ball last. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the kind of game. Just kind of what happened with Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. The thing about it is what I I want to point out real quick about the Jets too is, is, is the Wilson had them in position to win that football game. I feel like the defense, like I said, fourth and one, he can't give up a 51 yard touchdown. You can't force. I don't understand. Some of these teams have gotten away from the run. And, and I felt like they kind of disappeared from running the ball. I mean, if you're having Zach Wilson throw the ball 35 times in his first game in three weeks, I feel like you're starting to worry about some, you know, you need to kind of consider another thing I don't like. I know Zonovan White has been a great story, but why is Michael Carter not back to being the starting running back for this football team? Another thing I don't understand. Another thing I don't understand. We haven't seen James Robinson a whole lot either. You know what I mean? I know he's healthy, right? Which kind of tells you that that James Robinson thing didn't work out, and maybe why Jacksonville was happy to to move on. Yeah, it's it's something. Something there must be some character issues or something there because um, I felt like that was going to be a good little spark for the Jets' offense because you know obviously Mike. I think I personally think that maybe James Robinson's a little bit better than Michael Carter, but um, of what we've seen so far, but. I feel like with the loss of Brees Hall, I felt like he's going to come in there and kind of step in those shoes, but he really hasn't done that. But, I mean, I get the story. I love the Zonovan White story, but Michael Carter should be the guy. I mean, he had four carries last week. I don't understand what's going on there either. So, it's definitely something to look forward to. But that said, let's jump into Matt's Games of the Week. Yeah, and most of the games this week are on Christmas Eve. So uh, I have a Saturday early game, the one I like best, New York Giants 8-5-1 at the 11-3 Minnesota Vikings. The Giants did themselves a big favor with a win last week, but they have not completely locked up their playoff slot. The Vikings got the win, got the win of the NFC North, but they are still chasing the Eagles, and they probably need to show out better against some of these teams. It's amazing they got that comeback win last week, but it was not an amazing time that they ended up down. 33 to nothing. I think if you were pulling for Minnesota to do well in the playoffs, you'd like to see them play a little bit better down the stretch. Saturday late game, Philadelphia Eagles 13-1 at the 10-4 Dallas Cowboys. This was going to be a good game no matter what. A little disappointed we won't see Jalen Hurts. Curious what we're going to see with Captain Jorts. I think the Cowboys will get the win, but this should be a fun one. There are only three games on Christmas Day on Sunday. The best of them is the first game, the 6-8 Green Bay Packers, who are still technically alive in the playoff battle, go to face the 8-6 Miami Dolphins, who have really got to get a win to stay in the playoff race. They were 8-3 at one point look like they might have a shot at winning the division now they have got to dig their fingernails in just to hold on to the seventh playoff seed i think this one is going to have a lot of excitement my upset special this week there aren't a lot of matchups where i thought there was a great chance for an upset especially if you were looking at the point spread i'm going to go off the board a little bit and take the new orleans saints over the cleveland browns i don't know why but i feel like the saints are trying to make a run toward winning their division and you know what they actually have a semi-decent chance to do so, especially after getting the win last week when everyone else lost. The Cleveland Browns 2-1 with Deshaun Watson, but I don't have a lot of faith that they're 
a great looking team. They've had they've eked out a couple of those wins over the Texans and the, over a hapless, offenseless Ravens team last week. Uh, I think New Orleans has enough playmakers. This could be finally a big week for Alvin Kamara, especially uh, given Cleveland's rush defense. And it's a, it's it's I feel like this if the NFL like obviously the NFL couldn't have drawled up this weekend any better. I mean, you have a lot of games that have a lot of stakes in it. I mean, obviously the, like I said, the bills, bills have to win to stay on par, you know, and with what's going on, Saints Browns, as you mentioned, it's got a, it's, it's got a lot of playoff aspirations there. The Titans game does Seahawks chiefs. That's going to be a strong game. Uh, both teams, again, playoff aspirations, seeding aspirations, giants, Vikings playoffs, Bengals, Patriots playoffs, lions game playoffs, Ravens playoffs, you know, every single game this weekend, even the Raiders and Steelers, there's the Raiders are still even the Steelers, both six and eight playoff. You know what I mean? The Packers trying to reel it in. I think there's like one game this weekend that has nothing to do with the playoffs. And that's the Rams and Broncos. So um, two teams, I don't think we expect it to be in the scenarios they are right now. Two teams we expect it to be in the heat of the playoff race, but are on the outside looking in. So definitely a strong week in the national football league. I'd probably dance a little bit more, but my bones, I'm trying to keep them, you know, loose, you know, for the incoming uh, disaster of a weather. You know what I'm saying? Mine are already frozen, so. Maybe I need to dance a little bit more just to keep them active so I don't stay, I don't become Mr. Freeze overnight. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, before we jump in to our start and sit, I wanted to share with you guys, we had talked about it for a few weeks now. Magic Mind is on the mind. All right. I am day four into my trial. Let me explain something to you before we dive into this, Matthew Fox. You know how it is whenever you look at those little green drinks and you're like, that is probably going to taste terrible, right? You know what I mean? You're like, that's probably going to taste like some sort of green stuff. Well, let me be first to tell you this. Before we jump into how I've had the effects, it tastes very, it's like a fruit style drink. It's like a shot of fruit in your mouth instead of tasting spinach. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply or any greens or grass you know half those taste like grass you know what I mean? i'm sorry if i want to eat grass i'll just go outside and eat grass but this actually tastes very good another thing i'm very surprised with day four into this i feel like i've been a lot more productive this week i think one of the big benefits i've had this week is my focus um i i am somebody that is literally and matthew fox can attest to this literally all over the place but i have honed in this week and gotten a lot of articles done which i've been very pleased with so just think about this for a second. If you care to join me, I've got like two weeks of this stuff that I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like over the next two weeks and see the improvement. That said, reminder, if you want to hop on this journey with me, all you have to do is head on over to magicmind.co slash ranch, put in our code ranch20, get 40% off your subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. Again, that's magicmind.co, enter our code ranch20 at the checkout, 40% off your subscription, 20% off your first one-time purchase. I'm excited um, about this journey because nobody in this world more than I do needs to be more focused on their day-to-day task. Uh, that said, folks, we're going to dive right into our start and sit for our fantasy football in week 16. Very pivotal matchups for you guys. I'm going to start off with my starts of the week. As we talked about the top of the hour, some quarterback shifts and changes You already knocked about five guys that you're probably not going to start no matter if the world's coming to an end unless you're in a two-quarterback league. But then now you add a couple more injuries. You add, you know, Nick Foles. You know, maybe you you play Big Dick Nick this week. Who knows? Um, But that's a risk that you're going to have to win to take. But uh, my starts of the week, I've got Geno Smith. I actually like him this week against this Chiefs team. The Chiefs are coming off that game against, uh, you know, making Davis Mills look like, you know, I don't know, a Hall of Famer. I don't know know what's going on out here. But uh, I like Geno Smith against this team. Gino has this team struggling. You know what I mean? They're struggling. They've lost four or five. They're kind of slowly but surely getting themselves out of the playoff hunt. But last week, Gino didn't look terrible. 238 and a touchdown against a very strong team. But prior to that, he's got two touchdowns in eight straight games. So two or more touchdowns in eight straight games. I like Gino this week. Derrick Henry, the most no-brainer start of anybody in the history of football this week. I will say this. Obviously, in the playoffs, and I think Derrick Henry is obviously a must-smash start, but... It wouldn't surprise me if the Texans actually try to stop them. I don't think they've ever done it before. Like, they've just like, all right, we're going to try to stop. But they're going to actually put an effort into this. Because I feel like if you can take him out of this game and make Malik, th- make Malik Willis throw the ball 20 times instead of 10, they might have a chance at winning this football game. Darius Slayton might start at the wide receiver position. We've seen him kind of come on as of late. Daniel Jones, they have a great matchup this week. Um, another must-win game for this team as they take on a Vikings team that just gave up 30 points to – Matt Ryan, who's now been benched. Um, I start at the uh, tight end position. Noah Fant, I like him. Obviously, watch the injury status. He's he's questionable right now. I If he can't go, I like Disley because I like them having to th- – they're going to have to throw the ball 50, 55 times in this game. So they're going to have to go out. You have Tyler Lockett out this week, um, so that helps um, the uptick in targets for the options of the wide receivers. So either Fant or Disley, I don't care who's starting at tight end. If Fant's out, put in Disley. If Fant's in, start Fant. So – and even maybe if you're begging for a tight end, I don't even hate the idea of maybe starting both. But uh, that's my starts of the week. What about you, Fox? 
Yeah, so my starter quarterback, Justin Fields, I know people uh, benched him last week because he was going against the Eagles, and some people have talked about being hesitant because he's going against Buffalo. You know what? He threw for 152 and two touchdowns against the Eagles and ran for 95. We've seen the vulnerability of the Bills' defense on the ground. Miami ran all over them with Mostert, Salvon Ahmed, anyone who could uh, run the ball last week. I still like Justin Fields. Don't get cute. It's the fantasy playoffs. You got Ride who brought you there. Uh, my running back star, I like Ramondre Stevenson. Um, Dude ran for 172 yards last week. He has been not only the best part of the Patriots offense, the most reliable part of the Patriots offense. They're in kind of a must-win game against Cincinnati. They're going to want to try to grind it out. They need to score points. I like Ramondre Stevenson. He's been an RB1 all season when he's played. Um, You fire him up and go out there. Wide receiver, uh, this has been a little bit of a change. Zay Jones has been incredibly hot, seems to be the wide receiver that has the best chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. I really like what he's done now in the stretch. Christian Kirk's been fine, but Zay Jones really seems to be coming into some of that potential people thought he had when he came out as a draft class. I'm not expecting wide receiver one numbers. He probably won't get you three touchdowns like he did last week, but I still like him to be in the wide receiver two range. And last, I mentioned it, Dallas Goddard. I know he's rolling right off IR, but tight end is best friend for a quarterback. Um, And Dallas Goddard, with the attention that's going to be paid to the wide receivers on the outside, I like his potential here. It's crazy to me how the Jaguars have so much crap for some of their offseason moves, and they've paid off pretty well for them. I'm still not saying that they shouldn't have overpaid for some of these guys. But I do think that people forget that in order for Jacksonville to sign certain guys, they're going to have to do that. I think maybe after this year, maybe it's not as bad as it is in, you know, in, in the past because they're starting to see that there's a turnaround in this franchise. You know what I mean? When you start winning football games and you start to see Lawrence and ETN and some of these pieces start put together, you don't mind starting to, to, to play for this titles team, et cetera. So I, I like what they've done this offseason. And I like what they're doing this season as well. Um, that said, my sits of the week, Deshaun Watson, um, I don't really need a reason why. I mean, it's it's been a struggle. I do think that he has a decent week, but not enough to be in that lineup. Cordell Patterson, tough matchup. Don't love the matchup for him. And Juju Smith-Schuster as my wide receiver sit. What about you, Fox? Yeah, um, my sit this week, Baker Mayfield. Um, maybe the Rams will be a good situation for him to kind of rehab. I know people went wild after what he did after only two days in that first game. Looked good. Came back to earth a lot against the Packers. Now he doesn't even have Ben Skoranek. His center also went on season-ending IR. They have no weapons. I mean, it's Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Higby. Uh, Sean McVay may actually have to go out there to try to catch some passes. And Denver actually has a very decent and opportunistic secondary. We saw what they did to to the Cardinals quarterbacks last week and a Cardinals offense that had DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and plenty of throwing options. Justin Simmons has been on fire. Pastor Tan's been on fire. I do not like the potential for the Rams. Uh, my running back sit, Deonta Foreman. They're doing a weird three-man rotation now in Carolina, and their running game hasn't been great at all the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure that improves against Detroit this week. I'm staying away. Wide receiver sit, Demarcus Robinson, you might be saying to yourself, with Devin DuVernay on IR and Sammy Watkins' corpse now lining up opposite him, Demarcus Robinson might be the best option in, in Baltimore. That is true. No lock. We get Lamar Jackson this week. I actually think it's Tyler Huntley again. 
there is no good option in Baltimore. I'm just going to sit flat out and say it. Marcus Robinson, could he get you 10 receptions? He sure could. He could also get you a reception for 12 yards. Is this what you want to rely on in the fantasy playoffs? Not me. My tight end sit, Tyler Higby. You know what? Denver has some pretty good safeties in Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. And you know what Tyler Higby doesn't have? Receivers on the outside to take attention away from him. He's arguably the biggest name and biggest receiving threat on that offense. Denver also has a couple of strong middle linebackers. I do not like Tyler Higby this week. I do not like the Rams passing offense. I actually think Denver is going to win another game, and it's going to be good enough that I have to endure Nathaniel Hackett for 365 more days. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you in advance. It's all right. Such is life. With that being said, let's move on to my bets of the week. So if you follow me along on the old Twitter, plus what you heard last week just on this show, the three plays that I gave you on this last week's show, I had the Eagles and Lions minus six and a half teaser on both sides. Uh, they had the Eagles at minus two and a half, Lions plus seven and a half. That cash, bam, bada bing, bada boom. Josh Allen over one and a half touchdown passes. That cash as well. But the Hurts over one and a half touchdown passes did not catch. That was a little bit painful as he ran for three touchdown passes. But um, other bets that you missed that you might have saw on Twitter, but I didn't give you on the show. I had Will, uh, Zach Wilson and Desmond Ryder over uh, over half a touchdown to pass together. Uh, Ryder could not even throw a pass, touchdown pass, or maybe not even throw a pass in his first game in the NFL. Um, that was a loss. But Henry over 79 and a half yards rushing, Mike Williams over 49 and a half yards receiving. That hit, actually, funny enough, that hit on the last drive of the game as Mike Williams caught that incredible pass on the sidelines by Justin Herbert. Um, they kind of did hold him in check a little bit in that game, which is kind of surprising. Greg Zerline over one and a half touch, uh, one and a half uh, points after uh, attempts made. Um, I believed in the Jets last week to do what they did, and they did what they did, and they scored two touchdowns. So um, that was an easy win for me. Terry McLaren, over 59 and a half yards, nailed it. Raiders money line, nailed it. Barely hung on by the cling of the death of my pretty you know, teeth. Uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, over 79 and a half yards, plus uh, Alec Pierce, over 19 and a half yards. Uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson nailed that number you know, perfectly. Um, Alec Pierce, I went MIA last week. Um, I don't know what happened. He had a stretch of a good run, and then just they scored 30 points and died. I guess. I don't know. Uh, J.K. Dobbins over 35 and a half rushing yards and Chubb over 50 yards. That was a barn burner of one. And it wasn't on the side you thought it was. It was Chubb who struggled to kind of get in that rushing groove. Finally did in the second half. But uh, J.K. Dobbins has been a smash the last few weeks. But uh, last week overall, I went seven and three. If my math is right, two, four, six, seven and three last week. Pretty solid. Puts me at 55, 34 and one overall in the season. Uh, you can't complain about that. That's really, really solid numbers. I don't care what anybody says. Having another strong, successful season in the NFL. Let me go over my picks uh, for this week real quick with each of you guys. Um, I, I love I loved a, a bet for tonight. If you're hearing this before tonight's game, Trevor Lawrence over 224 yards passing over the Jets. I understand there's could be a case made against this. Uh, quarterback's only throwing for 194 yards against this defense. We're coming off a week where Jarek off for, through two, for 250. Lawrence has eclipsed this mark in five of the last six games. I look for Lawrence to have a continued to continues the streak this week, um, as they have the division slash playoffs on the line. Uh, Raiders over one and a half total touchdowns. 
This number actually went from minus 180 to minus 170. I get the total. I get the Raiders on the road, our road dogs against the Steelers, but I don't get how this one and a half numbers here. I know the Steelers have been playing incredibly good defense, um, but they've had an easy schedule. The Raiders are going to smash this all over. Uh, Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes versus the Patriots. Patriots have surrendered eight touchdown passes in the last four games, including three, um, uh, three to uh, cousin, at least three to Cousins. Burrow has hit this number in three straight games. Uh, give me Deshaun Watson, Tyler Heineke over one over over half of a touchdown pass this week. So Watson has to throw a touchdown pass. Heineke has to, Heineke has to throw a touchdown pass, and you get that at plus one hundred four. Uh, Heineke has five touchdowns in the last three weeks. The 49ers have given up a touchdown pass in three straight weeks. Watson has struggled since coming back, but has at least found the end zone in back-to-back games. Both guys must find the end zone via pass. Obviously, I think this is going to be a slam dunk. And then to give me the Raiders plus three over the Steelers. I really like the money line here. So just to recap real quick, Heineke, Watson over one uh, with one touchdown pass parlay together. Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes against the Patriots. Raiders, one and a half total touchdowns in the game. Raiders plus three. Lawrence over 224 and a half passing yards versus the Jets. Fox, what do you think, my man? Yeah, it could be an interesting game uh, tonight with, with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Heineke, I think, is under actually a lot of pressure this week. They've been talking about whether they go back to Carson Wentz. I think he's going to be pressing. I, I think we might see a good game from him. And I was with you uh, about the, the Raiders. That Raiders Steelers, a lot's been made about uh, Franco Harris. Kind of sad that he passed away. It was supposed to be a big game honoring the uh, Immaculate Reception. It's supposed to be terrible weather conditions. That's the only thing that gives me pause. Um, but I actually think the Raiders are probably the better team and get a win. But a lot of these kind of primetime focus games for Christmas Day and Christmas Eve do not look like what they probably look like when the NFL sets it up. Like this game being the primetime game on Christmas Eve kind of doesn't fill you with a lot of joy. And if you looked at that Christmas Day slate, when they set that in August, they were probably like, this is can't miss. And now you're looking at it like, I wonder what NBA games are on. Yeah. I mean, the Packers, Dolphins at least has some intrigue, but Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, Broncos, no thanks. Well, and you're not even, you know, not are you not getting Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy was rolled out, so it's Trace McSorley. But, man, the Bucks I mean, that game. If the Bucks lose that game, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm just going to flat out say it. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. But I'll tell yeah, you I what. Deserve is not a word you should use about the NFC South. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but the, but then again, I mean, they looked at making the scouts and they were like, look, Tom Brady doesn't want to spend any time with his family, so we're going to throw him on the Christmas Day game and not really worry about it. So. Well, his family apparently is in Brazil. Well, probably with the <laughs> – well, with that said, folks, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. If you stay tuned for the movie corner that we host every single week after the happy hour here, thanks for joining us. Otherwise, make sure to check out the Music City Drive-In. Uh, I dropped a two picks uh, that I like this week as my plays. Matthew Fox drops his weekly articles. And then check out all the other articles on the website. Check out other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network here on YouTube and or wherever you listen to your podcast you can find those on the music city drive-in as well and like i said as thank you for tuning in and we're going to dive right into the movie corner
Oh, sorry. Um, all right. With that said, we have a massive opening week of films across the board. Um, you have Glass Onion releasing on Netflix. You have Babylon, Puss in Boots, I Want to Dance with Somebody, and a man uh, dropping this week in theaters. Uh, a Man Called Otto is releasing limited this week. And then, of course, White Noise comes out next week. Fox, I want your thoughts on some of these movies. Yeah, and you forgot uh, your personal favorite of 2022, uh, The Whale, um, also got something of an experience. I'm just kidding. Uh, not Ricky's personal favorite. Um, I saw Glass Onion in the theater when it had the one-week release at Thanksgiving. I do not regret uh, that experience. I would highly encourage you to check it out on Netflix, dropping as a Christmas uh, present to everyone. I really enjoyed it. I'm a huge Knives Out fan. Uh, this didn't top Knives Out for me, but I really enjoyed it. Janelle Monet is still in my top five for supporting actress. Ricky and I also both saw Babylon. I really enjoyed Babylon, not quite as much as him, but uh, both Glass Onion and Babylon are in my top 15 films of the year right now. I think they're both fantastic. I'm having trouble getting myself excited for the Whitney Houston movie, um, but I did mention last week I enjoyed Puss in Boots, um, one of the better animated films I've seen this year. I actually enjoyed that one uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think I wasn't sure if we were doing uh things next week but i think we are that's why man called auto and white noise are in there and we can talk about those next week because man called auto i think actually is limited release next friday oh I, did you watch it though i did yeah i like of course it. you send me a tom hanks screener it's on not quite as fast as the fableman screener but uh i actually like the man called Auto. we can't really say i can't i, I did too yeah i thought it was i think yeah. it's embargoed i think it is too i don't know that's all we'll and it gets that. a wide release deeper in January. I was surprised. Yeah. Like, I actually liked it. Like, I, I was it was a lot better than I expected it would be. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll really say about that right now. Obviously, um, Glass Onion. I rewatched this Monday, actually. Um, I rewatched it with my wife on Monday. Uh, I really like it. I really like it a lot. Um, I think the replayability on this one is higher than Knives Out is, the, the initial Knives Out. I think the replayability on this one is a little bit higher. Um, I, I'm, I'm not you. sure, huh? How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. Um, I just, I like this one. And I think I like the tone of this one better. I think that's, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think it's better than the original. I just like the tone. I think they're two different movies that can stand out on their own. And it's just, I just really would watch maybe 50 more of these. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I was nervous at first about being a franchise. I'm trying to look up now. There is a 1970s film that they sort of based on that i didn't have take i didn't get a chance to watch before i saw it in the theater but i wanted to watch i thought i bookmarked it for myself but yeah and then of course you know babylon i love babylon i first off i want to say that i'm very happy that it's in matthew fox's top 15 it makes me like the happiest person in the world to hear that um just because uh, I love the movie so much and I love when we agree on things. Um, but uh, I love Babylon. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not Chazelle's best movie. I think it's his best directed movie, um, which is two totally different things. Um, I think I have it currently my second or third favorite uh, Chazelle movie. But um, that said, I love Babylon. Please go support it in theaters. It's a risk that a filmmaker takes that I'm very happy that they gave him the money in order to do it. I'm scared because I don't really hope that it doesn't bomb 
like it's probably going to, but, um, you know, take the whole family out to see it this weekend. I'm sure everybody will love it. Uh, I want to dance with somebody. Uh, I'll see it. I'm not exactly intrigued by it. I have seen some questionable reviews. I see things for myself. So I look forward to checking that out. And uh, yeah, I um, watch Acapulco, by the way. Also out this week is Emily in Paris. If you are Emily in Paris fan, um, watch the series because I love this week's episode or this season. Um, big time fan of it. And uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else out that my partner might have missed here. But I don't think so. And, and the uh, the 70s film 1973, The Last of Shiva, is oh. uh, the film that supposedly had an influence on Glass Onion. Interesting. Perfect. All right. That said, folks, make sure to check out um, Fox and I have got some stuff dropping next week. Uh, we got a best of the 2020 movies that we had two guests on, Mr. Lankford and Amanda on joining us. That'll release next week here on the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next week. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.